Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Well, welcome to the Great Man Podcast. So glad you're joining me. I want to talk in this podcast to you men about the recent shooting in Las Vegas. Now, you've already heard me, uh, if you listen to the Stephen Mansfield podcast, you've already heard me talk about guns and my questions about guns and all of that kind of thing. I, I don't blame guns. I'm not one who has a knee-jerk reaction about that kind of thing. But this was a tragedy. This was horrible. Um, I've already commented on that if you want to listen to it on the Stephen Mansfield podcast. But I want to talk to you about an article that I read this week. A friend of mine, Gary, sent us, sent it to me. And um, it's an article by a man I don't know and in a news source that I don't know. I literally have never heard of this news source before. A little strange for me since I spend a lot of time, you know, digesting this kind of stuff. Um, But Gary, my friend, sent me an article that's entitled Why the Vegas Shooting Happened and Why Men Keep Doing This. It's written by a man named Charlie, and I think the name is pronounced Hone. If I'm wrong, forgive me, Charlie, or anyone else who knows knows him. H-O-E-H-N. Charlie, uh, spelled with I-E, Hone, H-O-E-H-N, I think is how it's uh, pronounced. And it's in a publication called Be Yourself. So I I assume this is a a sort of maybe a self-help or a psychological guide kind of a site. I don't know. Um, But Charlie has written an insightful article about why men keep shooting up their own tribes, why uh, kids turn on their own, you know, schoolmates, why men... Uh, do what they do. This was horrible in Las Vegas. Uh, this man planned this down to the T. He bought dozens of guns. He had, there were notes in the room about how to get the best kills. He had scanned other events, Lollapalooza and uh, Palooza and um, uh, other events where there were large crowds. I mean, this man had become a predator. And of course, as I've said before in other podcasts, I'm quite sure that we're going to hear from those around him. Gosh, I just can't believe he would have done this. This man's day was Stephen Paddock. I just can't believe he would have done this. He was such a nice guy. Normally, those closest to a guy are somehow the least aware that he was a danger. But I think it's important that we pay attention to this. And I think that Charlie Hone, and again, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that, um, has put his finger on an important thing because we don't know much about Stephen Paddock. We're kind of confused because he doesn't seem to have been uh, Islamically radicalized or uh, be part of some cult or, or, or be, you know, some hard, hard, hard right winger. We don't have any indication of that yet. Um, but this man was a mass murderer. Um, he was uh, vicious and evil in every way. Um, he studied how to kill. He, he, he just, it was just demonic what he was doing. But what we do know about him is that he was a man. Now, I want to start there because this podcast is all about uh, men and it's about challenging men to be great men. And again, I don't I don't want to just spin out of the shooting in Las Vegas with some political agenda about guns. I've made it very clear before that I, I own guns, shoot guns, have concealed carry permits and 
believe in people having guns. I'm not so sure that everybody ought to have automatic weapons or bump stocks and all that stuff. And I asked a lot of questions in another podcast I did on the Stephen Mansfield podcast. But it is important for us to know that in the 1980s, there were 27 uh, school shootings in the entire of the decade of the 1980s. Um, In the 1990s, there were 58. Uh, But in the past decade, uh, there have been over 120. Uh, Something is dramatically changing with what's going on. And almost in every case, males are the shooters. I mean, I can't even think of a situation where we've had a female shooter. I might be wrong, but I can't even think of one. And so this, this feeds into the broader question, which this podcast is all designed to answer, and that is what's going on with American males? Well, I don't want to presume easy answers when it comes to Stephen Paddock and the Las Vegas shooting. I feel close to it for a lot of reasons. I had friends in the audience. I had friends who were performers, by the way. Many of you know I live in Nashville and and uh, have a lot of you know country music performers and band members who are uh, who are who were there and on stage and so on. So I, I feel close to it as an American. I feel close to it relationally. But the bigger issue is why does this keep happening? And Charlie Hone in his article has about three or four points. And one of them is he says that the average American male is lonely. Uh, He says that the average American male does not have uh, a group of men around him, does not have close friends. He's suffering from loneliness. He quotes doctors who say that uh, one of the greatest indicators of ill health in males uh, is is loneliness, that loneliness leads to every other kind of downward spiral for a man and his health. I've cited many times in this podcast and elsewhere that if you don't die, if you're a man over 50 and you don't die of a heart problem in England, you are most likely to die of a suicide. Men 50 years and older are killing themselves in huge numbers in England. And the main reason when the postmortem, the psychological postmortem is done is loneliness. They're lonely. They're without friends. They're saying this to the girl at the bar. They're saying this to the, um, in, in the suicide note, and they're making it clear that they're lonely and that's why they ended their lives. Well, so th- there's no question when it comes to Stephen Paddock that this was a lone wolf. This was a man who walked alone. This was a man, by the way, his own brother who lived on the opposite side of the country uh, said that he did not know anything about the changes that had happened in this guy. So his own family was unaware of it. I want to suggest again that when a man walks alone, when a man does not have what I call a band of brothers, when a man does not have a community of other men around him who know him, who confront him, who inspire him to be better, who create a contagious culture of noble manhood so that everybody is elevated or the water level rises for all men, that that man, that lone wolf man is more often than not uh, a danger. Now, don't hear me saying that just because a man is a bit of a loner, a bit of an introvert, that he's a danger. I, frankly, am an introvert, and I can at times be a bit of a loner. If you're looking for me at an airport, I'm sitting in a corner reading a book. I'm not at the bar yucking it up with everybody. Um, so that's that's I, I, I'm sympathetic to the guy who's a bit of an introvert and a bit internal and so on. Doesn't mean he's inherently evil. But all the shooters that we can study, uh, all the shooters that we know about in recent incidents— uh, the one who sh- the, the Islamic man who shot up the gay bar in Florida, uh, the the Boston Marathon bombers, uh, Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas, the Columbine shooters. They're all men. They're all loners. Uh, they are all lone wolves. They are all bitter and they all become vicious killers. 
And it's something that we need to pay attention to. We tend to focus upon Islam as being the main focus of um, much of the shooting that is done. And there's no question that Islam has been a motivation, extremist Islam anyway, has been a motivation for a lot of killings and a lot of assassinations and a lot of mass shootings. But in America, we've got something different. Uh, It was a mentally imbalanced young white male who took the rifle off of his mother's uh, wall, killed her, and then went to Sandy Hook and shot up an elementary school. Um, It was two uh, young white males who shot up Columbine. Stephen Paddock, a very well-off, older, 60-ish white male, seemingly with no natural complaints in the world, meaning money, girlfriends, houses, friends, family, Um, And yet he engaged in the worst mass shooting in American history. I want to suggest again that there's a disease happening amongst uh, males, not just in America, but around the world. And it's a disease of loneliness. We are awash in a sea of casual relationships. We do not have people who know us well. We tend to have left off those relationships uh, back in high school, back in college, back in the barracks, uh, back in our early career when we had guys to go get a beer with after work. Um, And instead... We have become isolated. That may have been because of our own choices. That may have been because of our jobs. That may be because of the demands of family. Many men are isolated for uh, relatively noble reasons, meaning they're taking care of their house, their wife, and their children. And that's fine. But I continue to shout, they still need other men in their lives. Let me say it clearly. If a man is walking without a band of brothers, if he's walking without a close community of men, if he does not have men around him who knows him, who know him, and who can speak to him, correct him, confront him, know what's happening in his life without it having to be narrated for them, that man is in danger. His health is in danger, meaning his actual biological health. Um, he is a very, uh, li- a very likely candidate for addiction through uh, influence of depression and so on. And by the way, at a societal level, such a man is very likely to become a danger. I'm not saying we should treat all introverts as though they're a cancer on society or else you'd have to treat me that way. Um, but I am saying that this is something we need to become aware of. Loneliness is an absolute epidemic in our society. And I think that also in this article that I've cited, uh, Charlie Hone, again, I think is the pronunciation. um, He has also said that most men do not have constructive play going on in their lives. Now, he says it differently than I would say it, but I think that men need controlled rowdiness in their lives. I think men need sports. I'm not just talking about watching them. I'm talking about playing them. Uh, I, I think that men need controlled rowdiness. They need to be in the wild. They need to be bumping up against each other. They need to be contending. Uh, I've made the case very many times in my podcast and writings and speaking that every man needs to have a barrier he's trying to break. I don't care if you're 85 years old and all you do is mall walking. You need to commit to walk it more, longer, faster, keep a chart, be, let another guy keep you accountable. If you're 30, you need to be getting ready to run a marathon or, or, or you need to be biking on that long trip or you need to be hiking the Appalachians or you need to be whatever, you know, swimming further, uh, playing better tennis, winning the other racquetball court, whatever it is that, that, that you want to do. Skateboarding competitions. I don't care. You need to, every man needs to be seeking to break a barrier. And I believe that that's a lot of what's missing. And Charlie Hone makes the case in this article that a lot of men are without play, uh, that play is essential to uh, summoning what the best things in a man's soul, uh, is essential to driving off depression, essential to keeping a man physically fit, uh, all the things that work against 
um, the kinds of decline that a guy like Stephen Paddock is in. Stephen Paddock apparently frequented gambling casinos, drank a lot, uh, spent a lot of time in bars, but did not have a band of brothers, did not have men pushing him to uh, break barriers, to constructive play, uh, to controlled rowdiness, as I call it. And I think that Charlie, our author here in this article, has made a very, very important uh, point. In, in saying that there's a decline in constructive play going on for men. It's happening at the childhood level first, and it's something very, very serious for us to consider. And Charlie talks about other things that I, I might not agree with quite so much. He says that one of the factors in psychology of men is shame, has to do with the way they're parented often and the way they think. Um, maybe that may be something he needs to teach me about. But but I want to make the point again that whatever we end up learning about Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas, whatever else we end up learning about who his girlfriend was or why she was in the Philippines and why he wired money there and why he had uh, you know almost 50 weapons and why he had... The, thousands of rounds of, of ammunition and so on. Whatever we learn about all that, Stephen Paddock was a lone wolf. He was a man who walked alone. He was a man who did not have a tribe. He was a man who did not have a band of brothers. He was a man who did not have a community. And a cancer entered his soul. It was a cancer others didn't confront. It was a cancer he was not close enough to anyone to allow confrontation. And as a result, he became toxic in his own soul. He became angry. He became bitter. And I'll tell you what, when you don't have other people around you who are talking to you, who are calling you out, who are summoning you out of your little cave of your soul, what happens is that your own inner dialogue, your own inner self-talk can and allow you to talk yourself into some very strange things. Isn't it interesting that in most cases, the major shootings we've had in this country are men shooting up their own tribe? Well, that means there's bitterness. That means there's anger. That means there's rage. That means there's a, there's a desire for vengeance. Why? Why did Stephen Paddock turn on other, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, middle-class, white, pleasure-loving Americans? I'm not, I'm not being racist there. I think you guys know I'm exactly the opposite uh, in the way I live my life. But, but Stephen Paddock didn't shoot up people who were different from him. He didn't shoot up people of a different color or a different religion or a different country, a uh, different ethnicity. He shot up country music fans who, as best we know about his profile, were the people closest to him. And in, in type, I mean, not relationally. Well, that's anger. That's vengeance. That's I'll get you back. That's, that's bitterness. And in his inner dialogue, as he sat at those bars and he sat at those gambling casinos, he was confirming something in his soul about how some group of people, who were, by the way, very much like him, needed to be paid back violently. That's the sickness that starts to enter into a man's soul when he doesn't have others around him who tether him to reality, challenge him to be a better man, and help instill in him noble values. So whatever else we learn from the Las Vegas shooting, whatever else we learn about hotel security and about concert security and about, you know, um, weapons, whatever laws are passed about automatic weapons and bump stocks and all of that kind of thing. I won't offer any opinions on that here, but whatever else we learn, this was a man. This was a man who walked alone. This was a man whose soul became diseased. This was a man who became bitter about his own tribe and he wreaked vengeance upon them. And that's what's going to happen in the soul of a man who does not have a band of brothers. Did 
join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group Production.